hell's going on here? He's dead. Who did it? He annoyed me. He annoyed you? Take care, McIntyre. I become annoyed easily. Now you will sit and you will listen. My liege lord, James I of England, saw fit to have me hanged as a witch. Like it or not, McIntyre Stuart, you have summoned a witch. Ah, served me so well, the Red Book. for some reason okay. i don't know, long week something something how you I doing I, I tour. i'm good okay. i'm good yep uh all right we'll continue with uh another bigfoot with a belt account oh all right <laughs> And this is from the National Cryptid Society website. Okay. Um, this is case file number 82. Ohio fisherman inadvertently angers huge creature near Washington Courthouse in Ohio. And this was uh, August 13th, 1989. It was roughly around midnight. There was a full moon that lit much of the area close to where I had set up the fish. About an hour after fishing, I heard this loud rustling noise in the brush across from me on the other bank. I stood up and shone my flashlight up and down that side of the bank. That's when I heard a low grunt that was followed by heavy stomping towards the bridge. Mm -hmm. I climbed up to the road where I parked my car when this creature stepped out onto the center of the road into the moonlight. The creature stood close to eight feet tall. It was wearing rough animal skins with a sinew belt. Do you know what that word is? S-I-N-E-W? Uh, okay. No. Don't <laughs> yeah. With a sinew or sinew belt with skulls tied to it. The skins mm -hmm. it was wearing appeared to have moss coating it. Its skin was scaly, and it had thick matted hair on its head. When I shined my flashlight on it, it let out a deep low growl, followed by a roar, after which it went crashing, crashing through the trees along the other side of the road. I left as soon as I could get my stuff loaded into the car and never went back to that area again, though I had heard from friends who hunted the woods close to the area of having their trail cams broken with no other evidence of what happened to them. 
the That's creature. A, sorry. Huh? Go, go ahead. Go, go. The creature had small and mid-sized animal skulls, and it had been raining the day before the sighting, so the scales could have been mud matted in its hair, which covered much of its body. The area in which I was fishing was a creek not far from a cemetery, just mm-hmm. up the road from the woods. The light from the spotlight seemed to really anger it because it was then it gave out the deep barrel chested roar and then began running through the trees, breaking branches as it went. Um, that's crazy. That's, that's crazy. That's, that's a good one. They um, um, put notes over here on here concerning the animal skins and skulls. It is rare but not unheard of that an alleged Bigfoot is wearing something. A quick Google search brought up a topic on the Sasquatch Chronicles blog, which we need to check. (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And um, here's another report. I don't think we've heard this one. Um, February 26, 1971, Lawton, Oklahoma at 11 p.m., Edward Green and his wife were driving home along Lake Avenue when they saw a strange figure walking beside the road. He was walking bent over like a gorilla. Green Mm -hmm. recalled not long after in the interview with Source, but, but not on all fours. He wore black pants that were cut or torn off at the knees, and he had a big beard. It began higher Mm -hmm. up on his face than beards usually do and long hair, very unkempt. When the Greens reached their apartment shortly shortly after seeing the strange creature, they called police. They assumed they had seen a mentally disturbed person. When he saw me, he jumped to the gravel below. Now, that's about a 15-foot jump, but it didn't seem to bother him. He must have been very strong. Um, And here's another one. Uh, Putnam, Florida, 1971. Uh-huh. We were driving back from Crescent Beach that night. It was foggy night around 2 a.m. And that, by the way, that first story, it was a foggy night. Okay. Um, it was a foggy night around 2 a.m. My friend was driving when he had to swerve to miss this thing standing in the lane we were in. It was standing about three feet in and about six foot six to seven feet tall, long arms, very hairy, resembled a man more than an animal. It had on dirty torn clothes and was around mm-hmm. 270 more pounds. The thing looked like it could pick up a car. The face looked like a male standing relaxed with shoulders dropped. It looked savage looking like a caveman face. My buddy was scared and would turn around. I was kind of scared, but wanted to see it again, but he was driving and wouldn't stop. <laughs> Shit, sorry. <laughs> That's crazy. I'm I still died. stuck on the skull belt thing. Skulls, <laughs> yeah. Oh, That's my God. I mean, it's, yeah. Uh, it's just, it raises so many questions, you know. Right. Yeah. All right. Let me see what I found. Okay. All right. George Clinton of Parliament, the band. Oh, yeah. This is his encounter, okay? Mm -hmm. 
Sure. Clinton and Bootsy Collins encountered a funky UFO while driving around Toronto. Clinton oh, wow. said, <laughs> we saw something. It was like this light that came straight out of the sky and hit the car. It beat it up like oil and water or mercury in a thermometer and rolled off the car. All of the streetlights were out for about eight or nine blocks. We just tried to get down to where the streetlights were. We didn't even talk about it. We just sat in the car, not saying anything. Yeah, I'm sure it came from up there. <laughs> wow. But I love that. Like, you can't talk about it. You know what I mean? Yeah, and they, the, well, they used that imagery even in their uh, stage show. They had a giant UFO yeah. come out. Yeah. And this book, I didn't like. I just kind of grabbed a little encounters, but this is a really good book. It's um, it's Alien Rock. Yeah. Um, and it's I mean, because it goes into that, like you just said, like they even incorporated it. Like it goes in for all the accounts. It goes into the music too and stuff. Yeah, it's a really good book. And oh, then. Yeah. The beloved British rock pop band, the Moody Blues, had a really close encounter with a cigar-shaped spaceship and possibly small greys late one autumn night in 1967. We were returning to London after a concert in Carlisle, said Moody drummer, and I don't know how to say his name. It's G-R-A-E-M-E. -E. So I don't know if it's Graham yeah. or... Yeah, I don't um, know. <laughs> Riding in the car with him were band members Denny Lane, Mike Finder, Ray Thomas, and Clint Warwick. The UFO passed over the car and then landed in a nearby field. It was quite uncanny and we were mesmerized as if in a dream. We could see the object. It was shaped like a fat cigar with a low protrusion on top with seven dull red lights on it. The upper half of the object appeared metallic, whereas the lower half was red and pulsed from left to right. Suddenly, all five of us were gripped simultaneously with dread and panic, and we drove off. As we looked back, we could still see the object pulsing away in the field. Years later, when somebody asked, kiddingly, what the aliens looked like, Graham never mentioned aliens in his original account. He made a sketch of a small gray extraterrestrial and said that the sketch seemed to come from inside his mind. Isn't wow. That crazy? That's crazy. And then, of course, Jerry Garcia admitted to oh, yeah. having a two-day... Two uh, Tremendous struggle in a sort of futuristic spaceship vehicle with insectoid presences. <laughs> <laughs> um, large insect-like beings, often described as praying mantises, have been encountered before by UFO abductees. Asked whether he had ever been in contact with higher intelligences, Jerry said, I've had direct communication with something which is higher than me. I don't know what it is. It may be another part of my mind. There's no way for me to filter it out because it's in my head. 
Uh, and Garcia said that the experience was similar to the effect of DMT, the spirit molecule, one of the most powerful psychedelics that exists, but that it lasted longer than a DMT experience. God, I love him. <laughs> fucking amazing. Yeah, his. I, I'm a huge uh, deadhead. And... Um, he's one of the only people that I can listen to like watch interviews of and I hang on his every word. It's like, right, right. Yeah, he, to me, he was uh, one of the best guitar players ever. Right. And, uh, and then, mm-hmm. Oh, you got another one. Go ahead. No, 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 no. Go ahead. I've got more to that, but you're good. I don't know what you're going to say about it. So I was just going to say um, that, uh, the best years of the Grateful Dead, in my opinion, were 73 and 74, and there was a huge UFO flap during those years. So. Right. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> hey. um, Jerry Garcia, wait a minute. Uh, in addition to his strange UFO encounter, Garcia said that he once slipped out of my body accidentally slipped out of my body accidentally i was at home watching television and i slid through the soles of my feet all of a sudden i was hovering up by the ceiling looking down at myself garcia's out-of-body experience is typical of near-death episodes where patients find themselves looking down from above and seeing themselves on an operating table just the whole chapter on just him is really good because i mean it talks about um um, the dead hosted the world's largest telepathy experiment in February of 1972. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like, it's just really great, yeah. right? It makes you want to kind of go get a whole bunch of um, uh, Grateful Dead books or autobiographies or biographies or because yeah. there's probably so much stuff kind of... People don't realize right. the... <laughs> um, insane atmosphere of a um grateful dead concert it really was beyond drugs it was truly magical things it was so bizarre and there were so many interesting people put together in one place that things would happen right that are unexplainable things you know that um um showed you that magic is a real thing you know it's uh it was a very special uh phenomenon the grateful dead mm-hmm. yeah i can imagine <laughs> i can imagine but yeah it makes you want to read a whole bunch of books because i bet there's all kinds of great experiences and stuff oh you know it's, a, I mean? it's never ending yeah I've, I've read a bunch of them yeah uh, and then I wanted to read this part on Jimi Hendrix, but it's from someone who knew Jimi when he was young, and it's from a book. Well, I'll come to that in the paragraph. It's yeah. Mary Willicks. Mary Willicks, who was a close friend to Jimi when he was just tw- a 12-year-old attending public school in Seattle, Washington. She was two years younger. Fondly remembered, we talked about mysterious, mystical outer space, inner space things, pyramid power, reincarnation, mental telepathy, precognitive dreams, and exotic places. 
In an open letter to Hendrix published in her book, Jimi Hendrix Voices from Home, Mary said, at school I learned quickly that I couldn't talk to most people about psychic phenomena, outer space, or spiritual things without being labeled as different. Yeah. But I like to keep testing the waters, looking for an opening. And when I tested you, I felt as if I won the lottery. We hmm. had conversations that would knock most people over. I loved our mini what-if brainstorming sessions. Mm -hmm. What if great people like Mozart lived before? What if you could do... What would you do if you were alone on a dark road and a UFO landed? Right. While he was growing up in Seattle, Hendrix loved to paint cosmic pictures at school. The teacher used to say, paint three scenes. And I do abstract stuff like a Martian sunset, said Jimmy. No bull. I wanted to be an actor or a painter. I particularly liked to paint scenes on other planets like summer afternoons on Venus and stuff like that. The idea of space travel excited me more than anything else. Jimmy frequently experienced astral travel in adulthood. Have you ever laid in bed and you were in this complete state and you couldn't move, he asked. And you get, feel like you're going deeper and deeper into something, not sleep but something else. Jimmy told Monica Dannerman that while a person is living on earth, his or her spirit could actually leave the body for a period of time, often at night. The more evolved and spiritually active a person is, the more easily will his spirit be able to travel to spirit land and meet the spirits of the dead, said Monica. Isn't that cool? That's another yeah. one. Wow. That's another one. Yeah, so I kind of fell into alien rock this week. <laughs> Sounds great. <laughs> I want to have a shout out or a recommendation. Yeah. Um, audio drama podcast. It's my current recommendations. Um, this one's called Tower Four. And it's about a fire watcher in the Wyoming wilderness, which is kind of cool. It's kind of like um, similar to like being a lighthouse keeper or something, right? They're in a tower in the middle of the woods, you know, yeah. fire watchers. But this guy, so he is like the furthest one out. And like his only only communication is pretty much with the, with the girl who's in the next tower. Um, however, I don't know the distance between, but you know, it's far, but... Yeah. She's in the next tower. So that's like, he talks to her on the radio. But he starts having like weird experiences where he's hearing music and like radio static and all kinds of weird stuff starts happening. Oh, wow. So it's pretty good. Tower four. <laughs> <Cool>. <laughs> yeah, that was the one I liked this week. <laughs> good. Did you fall in love with anything this week? <laughs> No, 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 not no. really. I, I kinda... This week seemed like a blur. That's yeah. why. I'm like... Yeah, and I cool. haven't um, um, really found any um, podcasts lately. And well, in the last week or so, that's really kept my attention. Besides the stuff I always listen to. But, right, right. Um, 
Yeah. So, oh, the one thing, uh, one of the only new bands I like, uh, Prison of. Hey. Hey. I thought I'd um, read. A, I've been um, trying to research more about the 1973-1974 UFO flap, okay. especially in the U.S. And uh, really hard to find um, stuff on it. I found stuff here and there. And um, here's a few accounts okay. from uh, 73. Um, this one's September 20th through the 26th in Sydney, North Carolina. A series of reports occurred between September 20th and 26th. Though several people reported seeing something, the main witnesses were members of the Williamson family of Sydney. They saw at least one monster with large red glowing eyes and a gray face, long hair, pointed ears, and a hooked nose. It was dressed in a brown shirt and black pants and had a small brown cap on its head. It walked with a limp and one hand was missing. It was said to leave no tracks and to leap 50 to 60 feet in a single bound. It had a metal medallion on its chest, which was said to be used for communication and disappearing. Okay. Wow. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Late November near Albemarle, North Carolina, which is close to me. A hunter observed a landed UFO 50 yards away during the day. It was like two inverted saucers about 15 to 20 feet in diameter and silvery with black scratch marks on it. Mm -hmm. Two beings were nearby collecting ground samples. The hunter remained hidden until the entities boarded the UFO. He left before the object did, but no traces were found when he returned. And... This one I swear, from... I swear I read one today, like a little while ago. Really? <laughs> I, th I swear yeah. I did. I, I, a couple of these I was looking over, I was like, oh yeah, I know that one. So I took a note of it. But, um, this. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, then I found this from The Real Cowboys and Aliens, The Lost Cases. There's like a whole series of those. They're really old accounts. Oh, wow. um, queer things in Georgia. It arose from the ground and acted just as a lightning bug, only it had a green light instead of white. It was about 40 times the size of a lightning bug. The site was witnessed by S.F. Ellis and Wash Williams and Mr. Murphy, the express agent. Some wanted to catch it while others were advancing the opposite way, but it soon disappeared towards the sky and left the boys wondering what it was. And he lists um, David Weatherly's Peach State Monsters for that. Um, in and of itself, the story is really nothing special other than your typical spook light tale. However, a follow-up story that took place in Towns County, Georgia, reported a farmer sighting late one night of a light entity. A white object in the shape of a man darted from the bushes and kept running ahead of him, 
the farmer spurred his horse and endeavored to overtake the fleeing figure, but it still kept ahead of him for the space of at least a mile when it vanished in the darkness. Isn't that crazy? Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Light beans. Yes. <laughs> so, weird week? Yeah. You doing all right? Yeah, I'm good. It's just, um, I think everybody's feeling it. Yeah, it's a little yeah. weird. Something weird. Yeah. All right. All right, we will wrap it up and we'll be back with more weird stuff next week. Absolutely. All right. (laughs) Take care. Bye.